Blog Talk Radio.
person may be considered to be transsexual or transgender person if their gender identity is incongruent with the sex they were assigned at birth and consequently also with the gender role and social status that is typically associated with that sex. Direct actions, protests, and acts of civil disobedience are powerful tools for change, as we know. But transgender individuals participating in these actions may also put you at risk, um, themselves at risk for an arrest or mistreatment by the police and jails. When participating in direct actions, transgender people should understand their rights and take necessary precautions before accepting the risk of an arrest. Transgender people are particularly at risk for being profiled and mistreated by police and jail. This could range from verbal abuse, isolation, and denial of medication to humiliating strip searches and physical abuse. Good morning. It's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Body of Everything, a weekly political radio show from Los Angeles, sponsored by the East Los Angeles Community Law and Civil Rights Center, Self-Help Legal Solutions and Resources for the entire community. This is Carlos Montenegro, and bienvenidos to the neighborhood, everybody. The first thing that I want to make clear is that I'm not a lawyer. I am just a law student. And I'm not here today to advocate being uncooperative with legal government authorities as the cops. I'm here today to offer everyone of the community a free training in knowing your rights as American citizens. Today's topic will be a transgender direct political action guide and legal aspects of transsexualism. So let's just get right into our our topic here today. Knowing your rights, transgender people, and the law, discrimination in employment, housing, public places, and schools. So are there laws that clearly prohibit discrimination against um, transgender people? Well, yes. California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Iowa, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington, and the District of Columbia all have such laws. Their protections vary, though. For example, example, Nevada's law bans discrimination in employment, housing, and public accommodations. Maine's law covers those categories, plus credit and education. At least 160 cities and counties um, and various outside foreign countries have passed their own laws prohibiting gender identity discrimination, including Atlanta, Boise, Idaho, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Dallas, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Louisville, Kentucky, Nashville, New Orleans, and Pittsburgh. For a list of all these localities with non-discrimination laws that cover gender identity and expression, you can also email me at East Los Angeles Law Center at gmail.com. We have a free PDF, and we also have a, a really nice, perfect bound edition of today's show for nine ninety nine, which has many other aspects that we're not covering um, about uh, discrimination and um, transgender people that would be great for any library of uh, civil rights um, um, organizations that, that um, uh, report discrimination. The governors of Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, Michigan, New York, and Pennsylvania have banned discrimination against transgender state workers through executive orders. 
unless an executive order is expressly limited in duration or is rescinded, its protections usually stay in effect even after the person issuing the order leaves the office. Some cities and counties have also passed protections for their transgender public employees. And again, for a list, you can um, email me and I will uh, send you out a list. So do laws that prohibit sexual orientation discrimination protect transgender people? In some cases, yes. If a law banning discrimination based on sexual orientation defines sexual orientation to include gender identity, as for example, the ones in Colorado, Illinois, and Minnesota do, it protects transgender people as well as lesbian, gay, and bisexual people. Also, most sexual orientation non-discrimination laws prohibit discrimination based on perceived as well as actual sexual orientation. Therefore, in most places with laws against sexual orientation discrimination, if an individual or a person is discriminated against um, a transgender person uh, because his or her belief that the victim is gay, or even if that belief is wrong, the transgender person is protected. Do laws that prohibit sex discrimination protect transgender people? An increasing number of courts say yes, although there are some older decisions saying that the federal law banning sex discrimination in employment, specifically Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, does not prohibit gender identity discrimination. Federal courts that have considered the issue more recently, example, the Courts of Appeals of the 6th, 9th, 9th and 11th Circuits, covering Kentucky, Michigan, Ohio, Tennessee, Alaska, Arizona, California, Hawaii, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, have all found some protections in the 1964 Civil Rights Act for transgender people. In addition, a federal district court in Washington, D.C., ruled that employment discrimination against an individual for transitioning from one gender to another is a form of discrimination because of sex prohibited by federal law. Transgender individuals anywhere in the country who feel they have experienced employment discrimination can also file complaints with the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC. In a 2012 decision, the EEOC found that discrimination against a transgender individual because that person is transgender is discrimination based on sex and violates Title VII. The EEOC investigates reports of discrimination it receives and can arrange mediation to sue an employer or give the person complaining permission to bring her, his, her, own lawsuit. Paralleling the federal trend, some state courts and administrative agencies such as California, Connecticut, uh, Hawaii, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, and Vermont have said that their state's sex discrimination law covers discrimination against transgender people. So does the U.S. Constitution protect transgender people from discrimination? Although the U.S. Supreme Court has never considered this question, we think the answer should be yes. It is important to remember, however, that constitutional protections only cover discrimination or mistreatment by the government. The U.S. Constitution's guarantee of equality protects transgender people from being treated differently by the government because of fear or hostility. If, for example, a government supervisor imposes a stricter dress code on a male-to-female transgender worker than on other female workers for no reason other than his or her dislike of transgender people, that in itself violates the constitutional right to equal treatment. 
However, constitutional equality protections for transgender people as an identifiable group are not yet nearly as robust as those for people of color or for women. Growing recognition by some federal courts that discrimination against transgender people is a form of sex discrimination offers transgender people in those jurisdictions the same level of protection under the Equal Protection Clause as that provided to women. For example, the 11th Circuit in 2011 decided in favor of a transgender woman who was terminated because she wanted to start transitioning at work. The court found that discrimination against a transgender individual because of her gender nonconformity is sex discrimination, whether it's described as being on the basis of sex or gender. In my view, the First Amendment, which bars the government from censoring speech or expression, also protects our right to dress in a way that is consistent with our gender identity. The way we dress is an important form of personal expression. There is currently little case law regarding the First Amendment right to express one's gender. Finally, individuals have important interest in the determination of their gender and the expression of their gender through personal appearance and mannerisms, interests that we believe the Due Process Clause recognizes and protects. These constitutional arguments, however, have not yet achieved widespread acceptance by the courts. State constitutions are also a source of protection against discrimination by state and local governments. So are there laws that specifically protect transgender students from harassment or discrimination? More and more schools are protecting transgender students from harassment or discrimination. Um, some of these state laws explicitly apply to education, while other states, including Colorado, Illinois, Maine, and New Jersey, Nevada, Vermont, and Washington, clearly classify public schools as public accommodations where gender identity discrimination is prohibited by law. In Colorado, Illinois, Maine, Nevada, New Jersey, and the District of Columbia, gender identity discrimination laws also cover some or all non-sectarian private schools, too. A number of local school districts from Decatur, Georgia, to Kalamazoo, Michigan, have adopted similar protections through rules or policies. Several states also have more general laws banning bullying and harassment of any sort, but not specifically mentioning gender identity. Several of the states where gender identity discrimination is prohibited in public schools, including Connecticut, Colorado, and Massachusetts, have issued regulations or guidance classifying, clarifying what schools must do to accommodate transgender students in areas like updating of educational records, access to appropriate restrooms, and bullying prevention. A number of school districts have also created rules or policies to address these issues. In 2013, California became the first state to pass a law that requires students in public schools to be permitted to access sex um, segregated spaces, programs, and activities consistent with their gender identity. The federal law prohibiting sex discrimination in educational programs receiving federal funds, Title IX of the Educational Amendments Act of 1972, bars sexual harassment of any student. Title IX also provides gender-based um, prohibits gender-based harassment, which includes harassment based on a student's departure from sex stereotypes. Therefore, Title IX should protect transgender students from harassment and discrimination, 
But the courts are still grappling over the issue. Title IX applies to all public schools and to many private schools that receive federal funding of any type. Are there laws that protect transgender students' right to participate in high school and college sports? Non-discrimination laws that cover gender identity should provide protection for student-athletes who wish to participate in sex-segregated um, sports consistent with their gender identity. In sex-segregated circumstances, school districts sometimes establish their own policies to determine which team a transgender athlete will compete on and which locker room he or she will use. A few states have adapted statewide policies or guidelines. For example, in Washington State, they allow trans students at least to participate in sports consistent with their gender identity and retrospective listed on their student records. And Connecticut has published similar guidance. Colorado and Illinois both have um, more policies in determining a student's eligibility for gender-specific school activities, including their medical history and the advantages of them participating. The National Collegiate Athletic Association, um, which allows um, organization, which organizes competition in 23 sports at over 1,000 colleges and universities, allows transgender student athletes to participate in sex segregated sports consistent with their gender identity as long as they are receiving hormone therapy. Under NCAA rules, a transgender woman must take testosterone suppression medication for at least a year before competing on a female team. Does the law protect a transgender person's right to use the restroom consistent with his or her gender identity? There's no clear answer because very few courts have considered this question. The Minnesota Supreme Court has ruled that even a law prohibiting gender identity discrimination does not necessarily protect an individual's desire to use a gender identity appropriate restroom at work. The Tenth Circuit in 2007 upheld the Utah Transit Authority's decision to fire a transgender bus driver based on a claim that her employer risked liability for her use of public restrooms along her bus route. In a non-workplace context, a New York appeals court has ruled that it is not sex discrimination for a building owner to prevent transgender people from using gender identity appropriate restrooms in a building housing several businesses. Some jurisdictions, such as Colorado, Iowa, San Francisco, New York City, and the District of Columbia, however, have indicated that denying transgender people the right to use a gender identity appropriate restroom violates non-discrimination laws. In addition, Washington's Human Rights Commission states that transgender employees should be permitted to use the restroom that is consistent with the individual's gender identity. Some jurisdictions, example, Iowa, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C., make clear that transgender people cannot be required to prove their gender to gain access to a public bathroom unless everyone has to show ID to use that bathroom. Other jurisdictions, example in Chicago, continue to allow businesses to determine whether a transgender patron is given access to the male or female bathroom based on the gender of his or her ID. Many businesses, universities, and other public places are installing single-stall unisex restrooms, which alleviate many of the difficulties that transgender people experience when seeking safe restroom access. While this is often a useful step towards um, 
addressing the needs of transgender people and others, we believe that transgender individuals should have the right to use restrooms corresponding to their gender identity rather than being restricted to only using gender-neutral ones. Let's talk about name change and identity documents. Can a person change his or her name um, to reflect his or her gender identity? Yes. In some states, though, what is called common law name change. People may change their name simply by using the new name in everyday interactions. It is free and easy, but does not create the kind of solid paper trail needed to change identity documents. The other way to change one's name is to file a petition in the court. Most judges will grant a name change so long as they are convinced that the petitioner is not trying to evade debts or the police. In many rare cases, judge have, judges have required a transgender petitioner to prove that he or she has undergone medical procedures that show an intention to live permanently in the gender associated with the name desired. Can a person get the name and gender um, marker change on his or her birth certificate? A court-ordered name change is usually necessary to change the name on one's birth certificate. In most states, changing the gender marker on one's birth certificate requires proof of surgical treatment to change one's sex, as well as in many other cases, a court-ordered name change. What the law means by surgical treatment is often unclear. A growing number of states, currently California, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington, to change the gender marker on his or her birth certificate showing proof of appropriate clinical treatment not necessarily surgery, though. Some states, example, Alabama, will only issue an amended birth certificate showing the name and gender marker changes. Other states, such as Idaho, Ohio, and Tennessee, simply will not allow gender markers to change on birth certificates. For state-by-state instructions, please refer to our free PDF guide available at East Los Angeles Law Center at gmail.com uh, or our, our, our book, our Perfect Bound Edition for 999. Does changing sex, um, the gender marker on the birth certificate, legally change one's sex? Although changing the gender it should be put to rest once and for all the questions of one's legal gender, there have been cases usually involving marriages where courts have ignored the corrected birth certificate. Specifically, courts in Kansas and Texas considered only the birth assigned sex when ruling on a person's sex for the purpose of deciding on the validity of his or her marriage. Courts ignored the fact that the transgender individuals in many cases have corrected birth certificates from other examples, their home states. Similarity, similarly, in an Illinois case, a court looked past the transgender man's reissued birth certificate, which had a male gender marker, and determined that he was a female because for other surgeries he had had not undergone, in the court's view, complete his transition. In contrast, a court in New Jersey recognized a transgender woman's gender identity, which also reflected on her birth certificate. We determined the validity of her marriage. Additionally, the Immigration Appeals approved a visa based on marriage for a transgender woman whose North Carolina birth certificate has a female gender marker on it. Individuals obtain a court order declaring a legal change of gender for added protection. To save time and money, some advocates recommend doing change. The good thing about birth or other identity document courts can be
a person change his or her name and gender marker with the Social Security Administration? Yes. A person can change his or her name with the Social Security Administration, SSA, by presenting a court order name change and requesting a new card <clears throat> to reflect the change. Social Security cards do not list a person's gender, but SSA maintains a record of a person's gender. In June 2013, SSA changed its policy so it no longer requires proof of gender reassignment surgery for a person to change his or her gender marker. To change the gender marker on an SSA record, a person now only needs one of the following, a 10-year passport, um, a 10-year U.S. passport showing the corresponding gender marker, a state-issued amended birth certificate showing the corresponding gender marker, a court order directing legal recognition of change of sex, or a letter from a licensed physician certifying appropriate clinical treatment for gender transition. Along with one of these items, of the above items, the applicant must submit the other parts of a standard Social Security card application, including proof of identity, proof of U.S. citizenship, or immigration status. Is it advisable to change one's name and gender with the Social Security Administration? Yes. Ensuring that the SSA record of one's gender is consistent with the gender marker on other identity, identity, identity documents could help avoid problems if, for example, someone checks for a match between a person's SSI records and other identification. Many of the state agencies that issue driver's license will only do so if the name used on a driver's license application matches the person's SSA record. In addition, the threat of um, the threat of a federal ID card system increases the likelihood that in the future one's SSA gender marker may be considered the last word on one's gender. Can a person change the name and gender on his or her passport? That's another good question here. Yes, a copy of the court order confirming the name change is required to change the name on one's passport. To change the gender on a passport or to obtain a first passport with the correct gender marker, a transgender applicant must submit a letter from his or her physician certifying that he or she has undergone appropriate clinical treatment for transition to the new gender. This appropriate clinical treatment does not have to include surgery. So long as the letter states that the applicant has had appropriate clinical treatment for transition, it can be used to obtain a new full validity um, valid 10-year passport. There is also a two-year passport available for applicants who present a letter stating that their clinical transition is in process, but it is unclear why anyone would choose that option since any transgender person who has begun treatment should be able to qualify for a 10-year passport, along with the physician letter. The applicant must submit the other parts of the standard passport application, including photographs, accurately reflecting his or her current appearance. Let's talk about family matters. Let's just say, okay, if one spouse in a marriage transitions, is the couple still legally married? That's an interesting question here, so I'm going to answer for you. Yes, a marriage is valid unless and until one or both spouses get a divorce or annulment. Even without a divorce or annulment, legal problems can arise from a spouse's transition. For example, employers have been known to refuse health benefits to a spouse who is now of the same sex as the employee. Likewise, when one spouse dies, the surviving spouse may have problems collecting inheritance or tax benefits restricted to married couples. There's very little law at this time on these issues, but it's every year it's growing and, um, and it's entering into the courts and the Supreme Court's confirming some of these issues here. 
is the marriage of a post-transition transsexual to a person of a different sex legal? It depends on where you live. Courts in Florida, Kansas, New York, Ohio, and Texas have said no, explaining that what what counts in these days is either the chromosomal or birth-assigned sex. States that ban uh, marriage for same-sex couples may require that in order for marriage to be legal, the transgender spouse must prove complete transition, as an Illinois court, court required a 2005 decision where it invalidated a transgender man's marriage to a woman because he had not undergone all available surgeries to transition. Courts in California and New Jersey have taken a more expansive view, ruling that the post-transition sex of the transgender spouse determines whether the marriage is valid or not. In states where same-sex couples can get married, this question does not arise anymore. Because the law on recognizing marriages um, with transgender partners is still developing, transgender people should take extra steps to protect themselves, their partners, and their children by entering agreements that protect their parental and some of their spousal rights should the validity of their marriage ever be challenged or come into question. The right to interstate inheritance, which allows one spouse to inherit property without a will, as well as the right to receive public benefits, might not be recognized because of state laws with non-inclusive definitions of sex, gender, and marriage. We recommend crafting a written relationship agreement that sets out each spouse's rights and responsibilities with respect to property, financing, finances, health, and children. Furthermore, both spouses should have at least um, a last will and testament and assign one or another durable powers of attorney for financial and medical decisions. Transgender parents with no biological or adoptive tie to their children should not rely solely on the parental presumptions applicable to children born into a marriage, but should instead adopt the children through a second parent adoption uh, to better protect their parental rights. Are immigration benefits for marriage available to a married couple where one spouse is a transgender individual? A marriage where one of the spouses is transgender will be recognized by the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services for Immigration Purposes if the marriage is recognized as a valid same-sex or opposite-sex marriage by the state where the marriage took place. Does transitioning after having children affect parental rights? Sometimes, some parents who transition are able to maintain a close relationship with their children including some who divorce but are able to work out of an amicable uh, custody arrangement um, with their spouses. But other um, people who transition after having children may see their gender transition transition used against them by an ex-spouse in, in um, contested child custody proceedings. There is a little custody, there is little custody law um, available concerning transgender parents and what exists is mixed. In some cases, transgender parents have uh, fared well with courts um, appropriately rejecting the asserted um, unsuitability of transgender parents and evaluating the standard best interest factors, example, the nature of the child's relationship with each parent and each parent's ability to provide for the child's physical, emotional, and educational needs. In other cases, parents have been denied custody or reasonable visitation solely based on the court's conclusion that being in the case on care of a transgender person or parent would be harmful to the child. In some of these cases, the courts um, improperly based their decisions on speculation of harm rather than evidence. 
In others, the transgender parent did not, perhaps for financial reasons, present testimony from expert witnesses, such as a, a psychologist, um, and the courts relied on the other science experts' negative characterization of transgender parents. It is therefore important to have counsel refute uh, the negative assertions that may be made about transgender parents. Do any government um, health care programs cover transition-related surgery or other transition-related medical treatment? Generally speaking, it is difficult to get Medicaid um, coverage for transition-related treatment. No state explicitly permits it, and many states explicitly deny it. And those that do not explicitly permit or deny it, coverage may still be denied based on claims that transition-related treatment is experimental or cosmetic. In California, however, transgender people have been successful in securing Medicaid coverage for the cost of transition-related care. Medica uh, Medicare explicitly excludes coverage for transition-related surgery. However, when prescribed by a physician, um, Medicare covers uh, medically necessary, um, necessary hormone therapy. While the managed health care program for active duty retired armed forces members does not cover gender uh, confirming surgeries, it does cover all other medically necessary treatment for transgender veterans, including hormones and mental health services. Does private health insurance cover transition-related surgery or other transition-related medical treatment? This depends on the employer's or insured individuals' con contract with the health insurance company says. Today, the majority of insurance contracts either expressly include transition-related services or are unclear about whether such services are covered. Some transgender people have successfully forced insurance companies to pay for transition-related surgery or other treatments when the contract did not clearly exclude this coverage. In California, Colorado, Oregon, Vermont, and the District of Columbia, state insurance agencies have interrupted laws against gender identity discrimination to mean that insurance policies issued in those states must cover transition-related treatments if they cover the same treatment for other medical conditions. Increasingly, employers are, um, are offering health insurance plans that cover transition-related medical treatments. At least 206 of the largest U.S. employers are now offering a health insurance plan that covers transition-related medical treatment. The cities of New York, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, and San Francisco all provide coverage for transition-related. Additionally, several public universities, including the University of California system, the University of Massachusetts at Amherst, the University of Michigan, the University of Oregon, Portland State University, the University of Washington, now provide coverage of transition-related medical treatment for students, as do several private universities. Some employers um, and universities have set up programs to pay for transition-related health care separately outside the health insurance plan that covers other forms of health care, although this approach may pose um, privacy risk. Currently, um, there are many agencies that are working towards obtaining a federal and state um, type of affordable health care uh, for medical ne treatment necessary for trans transgender people. What does the law say about insurance companies denying coverage for routine medical treatments because one has undergone procedures for the purpose of gender transition? Not much yet. 
The problem arises because insurance companies usually ask individuals to disclose their gender and then restrict coverage to treatment that corresponds to that gender. If the individual does not indicate his or her gender, the insurance company often assigns one base on the kind of care the individual generally receives. This obviously causes problems for transgender individuals who need some treatment corresponding to their pre-transition gender and other care corresponding to their post-transition gender. There is very little law on this issue, but the first court decision on it was good. In 2000, a Massachusetts court ruled that a woman could not be denied um, reconstruction surgery um, that was medically necessary for reasons unrelated to her gender transition, simply because she is transsexual. In a more sweeping development, California passed a law in 2005 prohibiting health, disability, and life insurance companies from discriminating on the law and basis of gender identity, criminal law, and transgender people. Are there laws that prohibit hate or bias crimes against transgender people? Yes. A federal law protecting transgender people from hate crimes passed Congress in 2009 and was signed into law by President Obama. Furthermore, some states have transgender inclusive hate crime laws, such as California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Missouri, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington, and the District of Columbia explicitly protect transgender people in their hate crime laws. Transgender individuals also might find protection in states such as Arizona, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, New York, Nevada, New Hampshire, Tennessee, and Wisconsin, where hate crime laws cover perceived sexual orientation. Is cross-dressing against the law? In general, no. Bans on cross-dressing have been successfully challenged, and many cities have taken steps in recent years to remove even unenforced laws banning cross-dressing from their books. However, a few localities, example, Benson, Minnesota, Hayden Township, Hillsborough Township, Mont Valley, Paulsboro, Pillsgrove, Township Ridgefield, South River, Woodbury, and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey, Meadville, Pennsylvania, still have such laws in place. Anyone ticketed or arrested under a cross-dressing law should think about fighting back in court because there's a good chance that the law will be ruled unconstitutional. Can a transgender individual run into legal problems for using a restroom that is um, consistent with his or her gender identity? Long anti-discrimination protections are not in place. Transgender people can be subject to criminal penalties for using a restroom that is consistent with their gender identity. In Dallas, for example, a gender woman was ticketed for disorderly conduct in 2012 for using a woman's bathroom in a hospital. In contrast, a discrimination complaint filed by a transgender woman who was arrested in New York City's Grand Central Station for using a woman's restroom ultimately resulted in a 2006 settlement securing a more inclusive policy on restroom use in New York City's Metropolitan Transit Authority system. Transgender rights in prison. Are prison officials required to place a transgender inmate in a facility that matches the inmate's gender identity? Well, when considering this question, most courts have supported the decision of prison officials about where a prisoner should be housed. Most prisons still categorically house transgender women, particularly those who have not undergone genital surgery in male facilities and transgender male in female facilities. 
Nevertheless, a growing number of prison systems are developing more respectfully housing policies in part because they fear being held liable in court if they fail to protect transgender inmates from rape and other forms of abuse. In June 2012, the Federal Department of Justice enacted regulations pursuant to the Prison Rape Elimination Act that required um, determination of appropriate housing for transgender inmates on a case-by-case basis, taking into account factors like personal preference and safety needs, not solely based on their genitals. These regulations also limit the use of protective custody, which has sometimes resulted in severe isolation and torture-like experiences for transgender inmates ban and the use of um, segregated and potentially uh, stigmatizing um, LGBTI units require training for staff on communication and treatment of transgender inmates, require improved avenues for reporting abuse, and ban genital searches for transgender inmates just to determine their gender. As of June 2013, these regulations apply to all correctional facilities that receive federal funding, including most state and uh, prisons and local jails. Do transgender prisoners have a right to get hormone therapy? Since 2011 in federal prisons, halfway houses and prisons that contract with the U.S. Bureau of Prisons, transgender inmates have had the right to receive an evaluation and where applicable a treatment plan for gender identity disorder consistent with the current standards of care. Unlike past practices, even inmates who have not been diagnosed with GID prior to incarceration are entitled to an evaluation and possible hormone therapy. In state prisons, for example, transgender prisoners have frequently been denied any transition-related health care. Using the argument that the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution prohibits cruel and unusual punishment, including deliberate indifferences to a prisoner's medical needs, some prisoners have been able to persuade judges to, to order prison officials to provide hormone treatment and surgery. In 2011, the Seventh Circuit um, affirmed a ruling striking down an unconstitutional uh, Wisconsin state law that banned hormone therapy and gender-confirming surgery for transgender inmates. By and large, however, courts are reluctant to order prisons to provide particular forms of medical care, especially that those that prison medical officials think are not medically necessary. Transgender immigrants. Let's talk about that a little bit here. May a transgender immigrant be granted asylum in the United States because of anti-transgender harassment in his or her country of origin? Yes. More and more transgender immigrants are being granted asylum after making the case that they have been persecuted at home because of their failure to conform to cultural expectations regarding gender roles and their sexual orientation. While many of the courts addressing this issue confuse sexual orientation with gender identity, it is clear that uh, transgender people are a particular social group entitled to the protection of asylum laws. A transgender person, however, must do more than show that he or she is transgender and was persecuted because of it in order to get asylum. The individual must also prove either the government persecuted him or her or refused to do anything to stop the abuse. Um, when we talk about transgender people, we sometimes use words uh, relatively unfamiliar to people that are not that are not familiar with non-transgender people to make sure that there's no confusion um, in this um, lecture today. Um, let's talk about some of these terms. When I refer when I refer to gender identity, it means gender identity is a person's 
internal sense of being either a man or a woman. Gender expression. The way a person reveals his or her gender identity is called gender expression. A person's clothing, mannerisms, voice, etc. can all be part of a person's gender expression. Transgender. Transgender is frequently used to describe a broad range of identities and experiences that fall outside of the traditional understanding of gender. Therefore, in addition to those people who wish to transition from one gender to another or have done so, who are also described by the clinical term transsexual, transgender often is meant to encompass a larger community that includes, for example, cross-dressers, um, intersex individuals. Some transgender people prefer to describe themselves as gender queer, gender variant, or gender nonconforming. Not everyone who does not conform to gender stereotypes, however, identifies as transgender. In particular, there are many people who do not conform to gender stereotypes, but also do not experience conflict because their gender identity and gender um, and the gender assignment to them at birth. Transsexual. Transsexual is a clinical term used by to describe people who experience a conflict between their physical sex and their uh, gender identity. For example, a person born with a female body but with primarily a male gender identity is a transsexual male. Because the term has clinical roots, it is widely used to describe a subset of people who wish to alter or are altering or have altered their bodies hormonally or surgically to match their gender identity. Uh, we have used transsexual in this way while recognizing that uh, there is no one course of medical treatment that is necessary for a transsexual individual. Let's talk about gender transition. Transition or gender transition describes what is for some a long and complex process of altering a, gen a person's birth assigned sex to match his or her gender identity. Gender transition can include hormone therapy, presenting full-time in the gender corresponding to one's gender identity, and some in some, but not all cases, surg surgical interventions. Um, gender identity disorder. Gender identity disorder has been um, the medical diagnosis for individuals who experience a disconnect between their birth assigned sex and their gender identity since 1994. However, um, um, it's constantly changing, and this term is in transition, even as we speak. So the next part of our show, um, I'd like to um, go over um, a guide um, for everybody, um, for political activists <clears throat> that uh, might be transgender. Um, and... Um, uh, just hold on one second here, and that may be detained uh, by the police during a demonstration uh, or an event. Um, and there's a, quite a few things that, um, you know, you should probably understand before um, knowing your rights before uh, doing something like that, some risk that you might be taking here. Okay, let's get into our, our guide right here. Okay, basically, um, what I want to tell everybody is that um, if you are a trans and you're transgender, 
um, there are some risks that, that are involved. Some of the risks that are involved that you might be targeted by police because of what you what they might perceive you to be, and that's open yourself up to um, more problems. Um, by being detained, if you're transgender um, and if you're not legal, um, by being at the demonstration, that might be considered a violation of your rights to be here in America, and there are other things that can happen. You could be deported, or you can um, stay in your application of immigration status. Um, the other thing is is that if you are um, at a demonstration and you're being detained, um, there are many incidents and many, many stories um, that have been proven, um, even a lot of court cases where people have been abused um, by, uh, they've been placed with other inmates um, and abused even by uh, some of the um, law enforcement officers um, based on uh, discrimination because of their transgender uh, or being transsexual. So I wanted to thank everybody today uh, for coming to my show. Um, and um, if you're interested in receiving a P free PDF about this show, I'll be more than happy to send it to you and write me at East Los Angeles Law Center at gmail.com. If you'd like the full complete book on called A Transgender Direct Political Action Guide and Legal Aspects of Transsexualism, um, we are selling it for $9.99. All proceeds go to our center. And uh, very soon I'll be um, allowing everybody to know the site where they can go on and download a copy or they can purchase a copy and have it sent to their home. This is Carlos Montenegro from the East Los Angeles Community Law and Civil Rights Center. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles. I hope that you enjoy today, Saturday, and I look forward to speaking with you um, next week. Thank you, and have a great day.